to the FBC Natchez podcast. I'm your host, Matt Martin, and we're continuing a series today looking at the biblical basis for marriage. Today's topic, we're focusing on the permanence of marriage. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 2, and we're going to look at specifically verse 24. In the previous podcasts, we've talked about marriage and how marriage is intentional because in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, we read that the Lord God said, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Genesis 2.24, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. So we learned that marriage is intentional. And not only that it's uh, is intentional, but that we talked about sticking together, that the husband and wife are to leave their parents, leave their father and mother and become united to one another. And so you can look that up in another podcast. We talked about leaving and cleaving. And so today we are looking specifically at the permanence of marriage. So again, in chapter two in the book of Genesis, verse 24, and they become one flesh. So here's what I want us to realize is that a godly marriage consists of a couple that is committed to one another, and they're committed to the permanence of marriage according to God's design. And so there's just a few things that I want us to realize about this one flesh union. And the first thing is that when we're married, our marriage is a covenant. Our marriage is First, a commitment before the Lord. Because you see, our vows are for richer or poor. And sickness and health till what? That's right. Death to us apart. So this is why cohabitation, this is why homosexual unions are sinful and they will not work. Because the Lord will judge those who are sexually immoral, according to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4. And so God's design is for a woman and a man to come together in order to fuse, to become one, to become one flesh. The second thing is that we're to remain married during good and bad times. You've heard me say this. One time you've heard it say me, heard me say this a thousand times is that, you know, it doesn't take you very long to live in this world to realize that there's just some things that are just not good. There's some bad things. There's sinful things in this world. And there's certainly going to be some good times and there's certainly going to be some bad times. Millie and I surely have experienced our fair share of, of good and bad times in our relationship. Uh, one of the first difficult times in our marriage. Millie and I were only married for just a few months. And then my grandfather passed away out of the blue and just very tragic in our family. And so Melanie was able to to be there for me and support me during that time. And then not only those, you know, that's just one time, but, but there's been some good times as well. We've been able to support each other through the, the birth of our four children the two oldest being girls and the two youngest being boys. But in America, some people divorce way too quickly without sitting down with a with a good counselor to see if their problems can be worked out. 
Soon as the first sign of trouble comes, people want to split. They want to break their marital vows. And so what I'm asking is for us to just think about that. You know, think about the conflicts in our marriage relationship and the things that are taking place and to focus on trying to work those out. Maybe sitting down with a solid pastor, sitting down with a biblical counselor to help work through those issues would be a very good thing. And we're to work on those issues, work on our sins, and continue to grow in the image of Christ and holiness. According to Romans 8, 28 and 29, and also 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, verse 18. And I'm going to read those. Uh, Romans 8, verse 28, a very familiar verse, goes like this. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. So did you get that? That God works all things together for the good for those who are called according to his purpose? We're not saying that everything that happens is good. So we know that there are some bad things that happen in the world. But what we're saying is that God is sovereign. God is in control. And God's going to work all things for the good. He's going to grow us spiritually. He's going to conform us into the image and likeness of his son, Jesus. Third, the husband and wife should be satisfied with each other alone. They're not to find satisfaction in anything else. Proverbs 5, 18 through 19 says, let the fountain of, let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breasts fill you at all times with delight. Be intoxicated always in her love. Did you know that the Bible speaks of your wife that way? I mean, the, the Bible use, uses such literal and graphic language to describe the relationship between a husband and a wife. Let her breasts fill you at all times with delight. And so what... Uh, Solomon is doing, Solomon is writing the book of Proverbs to his children, and he's writing it probably to his sons, trying to get them to understand the ways of the world, to, to seek after true wisdom. And so he's writing this about seeking after the godly wife, not going after the woman in the streets that's yelling. And the woman in the streets in the book of Proverbs, as Lady Folly uh, refers to prostitution and other wayward things. And so Solomon's saying, don't follow after those things. Be satisfied with the woman that God has called you to be with. Fourth, what God has put together, no one should separate. It's a very common phrase in uh, weddings, right? Matthew comes from Matthew 19, 6. So they, who are they? It's the man and the woman, the, the couple that's getting married. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Well, therefore, God is joined together. Let no man separate or put asunder. 
So this means that God's original intention is for man and woman to be married and to not separate under any circumstances. Now, what about divorce? It's a very touchy subject. It's a very sensitive subject. And look, I don't have all the answers. I'm not claiming to have all the answers. I know that there are people that are that are have experienced divorce that have come back and have very solid, godly marriages. I know some people that have gone through some really horrendous times in their divorce and just things have not been good in their life. But from the beginning, God did not allow divorce, but he did allow Moses to offer certificates of divorce because of the hardness of Israel's heart. And according to Matthew 19, 8. But God does allow or give permission to divorce under certain circumstances. And I've studied this topic for a long time. Studied this topic in seminary. I wrote a, a paper on this topic. And I believe that there are some allowances for separation. I believe that there's some allowances for the case of divorce and remarriage. And the first one is the case of death. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, in verse 39, Paul writes this, A wife is bound to her husband as long as he lives, but if her husband dies, she's free to be married to whom she wishes only in the Lord. So there Paul even writes that there is an allowance for remarriage, and it's in the case of death. The second allowance is that in cases of sexual immorality, or adultery. Matthew chapter 19, verse 9 says, This is Jesus, and to say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. So Jesus inserts this clause there in this verse and says that there is an allowance for remarriage and divorce, and that's in the case of sexual immorality, specifically uh, instances of adultery. And then finally, I think you can make an argument for cases of desertion. So going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, um, verse 12, Paul writes, To the rest of you I say, I, not the Lord, that if any brother has a wife who is an unbeliever and she consents to live with him, he should not divorce her. Skip down to verse 16. For how do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband? How do you know, husband, whether you'll save your wife? Now, what Paul is saying there, Paul's not saying that this is special revelation coming from him where he says, I say this and not the Lord. But what he's saying is, is that Jesus doesn't say this anywhere else. And like the Gospels and the writings of Matthew, Mark and Luke and John. So Paul is saying this is still revelation from God that in there are instances in which a husband and wife should do everything that they can to live together with an unbelieving spouse. But there may be instances in which this unbelieving spouse may cause danger. There may be abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse. All of these things may be taking place. And in those cases, uh, Paul is saying, stay if you can, but if not, get out. Or allow the unbelieving spouse to leave. So I think that there are cases where you can make for these three instances, death, sexual immorality, and desertion. 
And so in order for our marriages to glorify God, we must be committed to the permanence of marriage according to God's design. So I just want us to think about those things today. You know, bless your spouse. (laughs) Go home today and just tell them something, one thing that you find special about them. Maybe stop by today and pick up maybe their favorite candy bar. Maybe buy them some flowers. Uh, do, Do something today that just would make them feel special. And I promise you will be blessed. So thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. We really would appreciate if you would like, rate, and leave us a a nice review or reply somewhere in the comment section, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on wherever you get your podcasts, because I want to read those on the podcast and tell others what you have said. If you've got a question that you would like to hear discussed about a particular topic, email me at mmartin at fbcnatches.org. And then also, if you feel like this podcast has been helpful, Send it to someone. Send it to a friend. And don't forget to tell others about this podcast. So on behalf of our church staff here at FBC, we love you guys. We're praying for you. And we'll talk to you next time on the FBC Natchez podcast. <laughs>